0: Alright, welcome to Witch Police Radio. Uh, I'm in my home of the internet, as I always am these days for the foreseeable future. And uh, I'm talking to someone who has not been on the podcast before, but has been doing this music thing, I gather, for a very long time. So I I think that uh, the best way to uh, kick things off here is if you want to introduce yourself and just give a bit of background about your band and what it is that you guys do.
1: Hi, I'm Ben Rush. I'm the uh, drummer for the band uh, Providence. We're a Winnipeg prog rock band uh, trio. Uh, We've been at it for quite a long time, actually. Uh, We just released uh, our debut album last November uh, on a digital worldwide release. And uh, this Friday will be uh, the first year anniversary for the CD release of our debut album, The Demon Haunted World.
0: And how long has the band actually been a band? Because from what I was reading, it sounds like it goes back a few decades here, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) The band started in the... uh, Probably around the like ninety four ish. Okay. Okay. And, and then we uh, we did we did shows around the city back in uh, places that don't exist anymore like <laughs> sure uh, right, yeah. the old uh, <laughs> the Portage Village Inn and uh, you know uh, Wellington's right, right. Uh, those places way back in the day. Um. But yeah, we uh, we ended up taking a, an eight year hiatus from one another uh, just to pursue different uh, musical directions, and then uh, a few years after that, uh, we decided. Uh, uh we'd we do a one off a reunion gig uh just one more time with the, the original members of the band sure and uh see where that would take us. So we, we did it and uh it was well received and, and we we're really happy with the results and we decided at that point we would continue on as a band and um yeah we we just started recording after a while, uh picking up where we left off back in the day. But uh we were graced with uh in those past eight years uh graduating from four track uh, cassette technology yeah, yeah. for, for multi-tracking to, to, uh, a DAW, which, which made life a lot easier for us for re- recording.
0: And, and sounds better too, right? I mean, you, you, the technology has advanced enough that, uh, you it's easier and the sound is greatly improved. Yeah.
1: Uh, totally. Yeah. Like back in the day, we, uh, I think, I think the ideas were far too ambitious for the gear that we had, because we had like a, like these four tracks right yeah. so whenever we wanted to punch in and, and do uh overdubs every time you you did an overdub with these old cassette uh multi-trackers uh you'd introduce a bunch of tape noise and stuff like that and, and sure. the each each generation of uh overdubs just got noisier and noisier and now with these uh digital audio workstations at DAW uh, you you can have an infinite number of of uh, tracks, no noise, and yeah. you're just limited by the the computational ability of the machine you're using.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I can totally relate to the noise thing because I was uh, in the late '90s. I was in a band with ten people in it, and we recorded on a four track, and it it, <laughs> it, it, it was it sounded good at the time because we were teenagers or whatever, you know. And it was like, oh, this is great. But you know, in retrospect, it's it's just so noisy and dirty, and like it loses a little bit every time you added another horn on or another keyboard or whatever. Yeah, so. Uh, I know I know the pain for sure, for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could I can relate to that too, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is a long time, despite the hiatus. It's still a very long time for this band to have existed. So, I guess between the three of you, what is it that works? Like what what has made this this project kind of last as long as it has because a lot of people especially since you're not playing a ton of shows you're not touring things like that a lot of people would just pack it in by then right so there's obviously something that works between the three of you that that, that makes you want to keep doing this
1: the three of us are uh really really good friends um we we share uh an affinity for uh, science history art music um we we have the same crazy sense of humor um it, it it really is the the best working uh relationship i could possibly hope for that the, the two other guys in the band are are my two best friends cool and so when we get together and hang out with all this junk behind me we we get <laughs> together we We knock back a few beers, eat some cheese and hang out, uh, (laughs) eat some chips, and and maybe we might record a a noise or two. Or we might just spend the entire evening talking about a new uh, film from Ridley Scott or, (laughs) you know, talk about a Star Trek episode or something or or talk about uh, the Higgs boson at the Large Hadron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all science nerds, right? Like
0: well, I, I could tell by the, the album, too. I mean, the album is... And I want to get into this a little bit deeper, too. But, I mean, it's pretty... It's named after a Carl Sagan book, right? And it's... Uh, even just the song titles are all very much science. And, like, the sound of it, too. It's got that kind of cosmic sort of vibe to it. And so that, I think, comes through. Has that always been sort of something you've, as a band, have naturally gravitated, gravitated towards in terms of your music? Like, just having those kind of influences coming through?
1: Well, the, the influences I think uh, came from what we we grew up listening to. I mean, we the three of us, because uh, because we're older fellows. Yeah, <laughs> we we grew up listening to bands like uh, Yes, Genesis, okay. Rush, King Crimson, and uh, Pink Floyd, and, and these influences uh, will will color any any kind of creative uh, uh, endeavor that the band Definitely. would do. Like we'd sit down and, and start writing tunes, and we'd be like, "Yeah, you know, uh, remember what the, the you know, so and so band did with this song. It's it's kind of cool. It reminds me of this and that, or or it's it's not even that overt. Sometimes it's it's almost subconscious. You just end up writing a tune, and then after you listen to it, after when when you assemble all the all the tracks and everything, and, and listen to the playback, it's like wow, that sounds kind of King, King Crimson like, sure. or, or this part sounds like Tool, or this part sounds like Pink Floyd. Right, it just seeps you know? in whether you want it to or not. Totally. And uh, insofar as lyrics, um, we 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 wrote the lyrics um, with, without actually having uh, studied Carl Sagan's book at the time. Um, it 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 became really evident afterwards that we like when we had the majority of the album written that we we found there was a theme running through it, okay. and and a lot of a lot of the song lyrics uh, and concepts that we. We're exploring kind of um, where metaphors, or um, you know, like a reflection of, of some of the concepts that were covered in Carl's book, which is like, like you said, it was. It's called uh, "The Demon Haunted World: Science as a Candle in the Dark," right. where Car- Carl is exploring the the dumbing down of of uh, the population and and how we live in a highly technological society. Uh, but so few people understand the science behind the technology, and so few people are interested in understanding it, and so few people are uh interested in in critical thinking um that we've we've run into a dangerous uh situation that he uh he he projected this in in nineteen ninety five when yeah. the book was written it would it would probably be very shocking for him to see just how how prophetic uh his his writings were when you when you look now in twenty twenty unfortunately especially after yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with with the pandemic and people anti-vaxing, yeah. anti-masking, um, the the whole Trump, you know, alternative uh, facts, yeah. uh, like like it, it's just really, uh, I, I think Carl would be gobsmacked. And and like I said, when we when we sorted out all the lyrics and looked at the you know some of the concepts, whether they were metaphorical or or direct. Like there was there was such a parallel to to what Carl was writing to to what we were writing, and so we we ended up adopting the name uh, of his book for for our album because I think um, it, it it really struck a chord with with us. Pardon the pun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I guess on a similar note to the uh, you know the dumbing down of, of people's of just people in general. Uh, I mean, music has also undergone a form of dumbing down in the sense that you know, a large overarching project like like your album where there's a concept and it flows as a larger piece of music, that's not very common anymore. Unfortunately, again, I mean, I love hearing concept albums. I love hearing something that's intended to be listened to from, you know, track one side A to the final track on side B and you have to sit there and just take it all in. But we're in a world now where, you know, that's not really valued and everything is on shuffle and everything is, you know, a 10-second bite. So I'm assuming that the answer for you guys is that you just don't care. But is that, does that come into play at all, worrying about the fact that, you know, people's attention spans are maybe not there for, like, you know, a big epic prog uh, journey, whereas, like, you know, 40 years ago, 30 years ago, that was the norm and everyone was okay with it. But now everyone's so just like, I need to hear this and I need to immediately switch to the next thing. Did that come into play at all or you just figure, whatever, we we'll are do what we want? Uh, and uh,
1: Carl Sagan noted uh, that, uh, what was it? Whatever it was, twenty years ago, uh, that the the usual soundbite to capture somebody's attention was thirty seconds. Right. And just before he passed away, uh, he noted that that thirty seconds had been uh, downgraded to ten seconds. Sure. So you, you need you have ten seconds to get your message across. Uh. So yeah, there, there's the the attention span has really really decreased. Uh. But to answer your question, uh, we didn't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, that's the that's the long and short of that's it. That's what I figured. Um, out. Yeah.
2: Don't move.
1: The, the great thing about having your own studio, having your own gear, having your own record label, yeah. uh, and your own agenda is that you can throw caution to the wind and, and be uh, entirely artistic. Uh, the album, um, you won't find a director's cut of our album because it is a director's right, cut. So right. we, we didn't have anybody looking over his shoulder saying, hey, you know... Uh, this needs to be under three minutes, yeah, right? Yeah. Or anything like that. We we weren't out to write pop songs. We were out to write music that meant something to us. And uh, again, to 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 go uh, a little further on this point, uh, we're not alone in this uh, boat because uh, I was reading uh, something in some other prog magazine. Uh, Stephen Wilson from the Porcupine Tree and 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 his own uh, a solo artist in his own right, very okay. proggy, very cool, dude um he made the same observation of his work which is really proggy and stuff and he decided uh early on that you know like prog fans like this kind of thing um they they get into uh concept albums and and will take the time to listen to something from side a to to side Z. yeah yeah
0: yeah right because you got five but, or six yeah, um yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> right um we're we're cool with that we we know that uh prog music can be a hard sell. Yeah. Um, but as Baz, as, as, uh, our guitar player, vocalist and keyboardist uh, pointed out, uh, prog may be a, a, a hard sell, but it's a slow sell. And, and the, the, the fans that you get are really loyal and, and they really get into what you're doing. And we're, we're starting to see that slowly. A year out after our release, we're starting to generate interest in, in the most un, unsuspected uh, places, cool. like, uh, Mexico, Brazil, uh, Poland, Poland. Um, and so on it, it's it's really cool to see that especially you know back when we were recording on a four track we had no idea that we'd even have a chance in hell of getting our music sure, outside yeah. of outside of the city really sure, yeah and and now with the with these digital platforms uh you can get your music worldwide with a with a, a click of a key right which is kind of cool um it's but cool, uh, personally i've 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 always liked the idea of having a, a CD or, or some physical copy of, of something. So I, I got a, another a media room full of you know albums and, and yeah me CDs too yeah, yeah
0: I'm on the same same page there for sure yeah so <laughs> uh, what is the uh, I guess what was the appeal of prog for you in the first place like I, I as you said you're you're a little older. Um, that was obviously something that was happening in, in earnest probably at the time you started listening to it I assume but I mean for me I definitely got into some of that kind of stuff later on when I was uh, you know a teenager I was into punk rock and prog was like a swear word you know the idea of anything you know the the goal was to be under two minutes and as fast and aggressive as possible otherwise it didn't matter right so I mean it definitely yeah. took some took some listening some deep listening on my part to fully you know appreciate some of that stuff so I, I definitely came into it uh, as an adult but what was your sort of introduction to to, to Prague.
1: Uh, my introduction to Prague came from uh, uh, friends who were listening to bands like Rush. Okay, I think that was my first taste of uh, Prague rock. And at the time, I think uh, Moving Pictures had just been released at that time, and I heard the song "Tom Sawyer" for the first time. Yes. Then I started uh, listening to some of the other tracks from the album. I thought, "Wow, these these guys are really out there. This is really cool." And uh, at the time, we I you know I was a young kid, and I thought, "Wow, this." this this metal is is very interesting stuff yeah yeah right um and and back then uh a, a band like rush was pretty heavy uh you know like metal now isn't anything like metal was back then uh to me rush was was metal it was hard rock uh, but the the thing that appealed to me um, as a drummer was that it wasn't just uh you know four on the floor beat kind of thing it was like if you listen to the song Tom Sawyer it's not a four quarter song. It's not right. a, you know, common time. It's, it's in seven who the hell writes a song in seven and, and makes it that almost danceable. Like right, right. It, it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to have that kind of feel, uh, to write songs and odd time signatures that actually move along without sounding clunky, like a flat tire.
0: Sure. But I guess so that, there was a, no, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: well, after that, after I was, uh, got into Rush, I started getting into King Crimson. Again, my, my guitar player introduced me to King Crimson, uh, Baz, who's, who's still our guitar player to this day. Uh, so, you, so you can see how we, we've been together for such a long yeah, yeah. time and we, we close such close bonds. Uh, but he introduced me to King Crimson, and uh, those guys were really out there. Like, the, the level of musicianship uh, just was mind blowing. You know, um, I too uh, enjoy punk immensely, like like old school punk, yep. like you know, Black Flag and Feeders and and yep. and Dead Kennedys and stuff. Um, and so I listen to that stuff as well. Uh, I've, I, I guess the three of us have always had fairly well rounded musical tastes, but we've always found that prog rock, uh, either when we were covering it or or trying to emulate it, uh, pushed our musical abilities to the limit. And and I find that prog rock still does that for okay. me. Uh, I, I have to sit down and actually learn how to uh, space out the drums how to hold back how to give it full force and, and how to play in these weird time signatures that uh, you know some of them are, are like I, I still haven't figured out what some of those time signatures I'm playing in. So yeah, yeah. I just like, okay, you play what feels right and, and if it works great, you give yourself a <laughs> tap on the shoulders. Yeah. You know, I guess and I guess that's part of the luxury of playing in a band where the the two other guys are probably uh, uh light years beyond me in skill. Like uh, Baz and, and Bob are amazing musicians and, and really skilled songwriters. I have nothing but admiration for my two friends.
0: That was kind of my next question. Is kind of relates to what you just said. Is because you know to go back to the punk rock thing. I mean, you can pick up a guitar, learn three chords. You have a band. You can you can, you can play. You can play a show tomorrow, right? Uh, but I mean, it's one thing to to appreciate prog rock and to listen to records, but then to actually be able to play at that level. I mean, you mentioned Rush. I mean, that's a band with especially on drums. You have a uh, very big shoes to fill when even trying to come close to 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 learning those songs, right? So, I feel like it probably takes a certain type of person to to be willing to say, yeah, I'm going to actually play this <laughs> rather than I'm going to listen to this and just play something a little easier. right?
1: Well, for me, it's uh yeah, you can play easier stuff definitely. And, and have a lot of fun with it. I played in cover bands for years yeah. when I was oh, I think you got out. younger uh, and had a lot of fun with it. Uh, Rush and, and, and King Crimson and stuff like that. We have covered Rush tunes like YYZ and, and yeah. uh, distant early warning and that kind of thing. Um, but with Rush, you actually have to sit down, and break the song down, and, and and learn the bits. You know, and if you can't learn the bits, at least try to figure something out that works that's within your within your skill set. Like sure. I, I would never come on any show and say, you know, hey man, I, I've covered a Rush tune. I'm the best drummer ever. I'm far <laughs> from it. I've I've got so much to learn.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And and the more you you start. Uh, dissecting other people's music and stuff like that the more you 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 learn that you you really know nothing you know <laughs> and and that thirst for uh bettering yourself and and finding uh other skills for playing uh your drums or guitar keyboards or whatever uh keeps your brain fresh and it keeps it from turning to mush especially at my age yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and i think i think i speak for Baz and bob too like they uh they're in the same school. They'll sit down and figure out tool songs and, and bring it to the studio here, and it's like, holy shit, what are these guys doing? And, yeah. and it, it really is a mental workout, and I find uh, I find it quite gratifying.
0: So, so did finally releasing this record, I mean, and now, like you said, people are hearing it in places you never would have expected. Has that sort of inspired you guys to to, to start recording more and potentially working on a follow-up? Or are you, are you content with the sort of, you know, uh, glacial pace <laughs> that you've been going on for the past couple <laughs> decades?
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll be on tour in another 50 years yeah. or so with another <laughs> record release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I... The the whole COVID thing really threw a wrench into it because sure. uh my mom is, is getting up there in age and, and uh Bob's uh in laws are, are of the same age with with some health issues. So we actually haven't sat in this studio since last March. Oh wow. Um which to me is heartbreaking, um but necessary. We're we we decided early on that we we want it to be part of the solution and not part of the problem. So we socially isolated as, as hard as it's been. And uh, it, it's never for a moment lost to me how hard it's been because they are my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my musical um, uh, collaborators. Uh, it, it's been incredibly hard, like, like heartbreakingly hard. And uh I, I hope that uh, this this COVID pandemic sorts out sooner than later. Yeah. So we, you know, in in tw- in 25 years, we can get that next record made and <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe play a gig or two. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we're not when we're not yet in wheelchairs and walkers. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or at least if you are, get enough uh, stage effects that no one will notice. Right.
1: That's uh, that's what we usually do. Right. 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 I read um, that. Yeah, when yeah, we yeah, when yeah. we have. When we have done shows, we hide behind lights and fog and, and everything else, and, and so we uh, we kind of adapted the uh, the lighting theatrics of uh, some of my favorite yeah. bands. Where, I, I think it was I think it was Tool when I saw Tool or Nine Inch Nails. I think it was Nine Inch Nails. Um, <coughs> excuse me, they were backlit, so you just saw silhouettes on the stage. That and was Tool of when of they were here. Stuff.
0: When Tool was here a few years ago, yeah.
1: Perfect, yeah. yeah. So I thought, wow, you know, the, the three of us are, are getting up there in age. We're nothing to look at. So look <laughs> at our weird lights and our projections and our lasers and crap. Listen yeah. to the music. Don't look at us. Don't look at us. Yeah. <laughs> but that worked out rather nicely. So but it maybe, makes it maybe, more maybe of an we can hide.
0: Too, right? It makes it more like for, for people yeah. watching. It's not just some guys, especially with something that's technically complicated. You know, you guys are going to be presumably like jumping around and, and thrashing about the stage, right? So this at least gives something to focus on that. I'm also assuming relates to the music in in a way with the the lights and the the fog and stuff. I'm sure you have that you know planned out enough so it's not just random chaos,
1: or is it? Well, it's it's it, it's partly random chaos to hide the fact that we're sitting in wheelchairs and walkers. <laughs> right, right.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: We yeah uh, we we always we were inspired uh, in our live shows to uh, keep a kind of a multimedia effect, and and we didn't want to just be another uh, weird, really weird bar band, Yes, yeah, we, we yeah. knew we were going to fit that paradigm anyway. Um, God knows we tried back in the day, and <laughs> we didn't. Uh, but... When we when we use a venue like, uh, for example, the Masonic Temple at uh, at four twenty Corden, yeah, no no coincidence there, <laughs> four twenty. <420. laughs> right, right, right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, when we use that venue, we could set it up how we wanted it. Uh, we set up a stage, a PA, we got the light lighting rig set up and, yeah. and everything. So we we ha- we took all the time we needed. We set up exactly how we wanted it. And uh, we had the projections and and all the effects that we wanted to make a a full on uh, concert experience for the people who came to the show, which they, they all thought was pretty cool.
0: That is cool. Yeah. and I noticed that your music videos too that you've put out are very um uh they're, they're not I guess you would say they're not the typical music video there's uh some interesting interesting visuals happening in those as well
1: nothing about the uh band is is typical right, right. I, I would say uh right down from uh you know the music the lyrics uh the, the recording process and so on uh the the videos uh, because the band is is kind of in a in a self quarantined state, we're we're we are in our own temporal stasis. <laughs> we uh, we 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 don't have uh, the ability to set up ourselves on stage and sure. and and do a, a typical music video. So we had to think outside the box, and so um, I looked at uh, sort of the approach that bands like Pink Floyd and Tool took for for some of their videos, and and to try to. Um, not not just tell the story of, of the lyrics and the music, but to um, take it a step further and, and maybe interpret it slightly different. So you have uh, the music as, as one f- uh, aspect of, of the experience, the lyrics, and then the visuals to go with it. And, yeah. and all of it are, are parts of a puzzle that combine to form a totally immersive experience,
0: Cool,
1: which is what we were after.
0: So, you know, assuming... A- we don't. No one knows when the pandemic's ending. But if it ended like next week, what would be the first thing you guys would do? Would you want to get uh, jamming immediately, or do you would you want to sort of put together a, a show? Like, what's your, what's sort of the next step? Assuming there is a next step for anyone.
1: If if if, if the pandemic were to end right now, the first step would be uh, get together, get a couple of beers into us, yeah. uh, reacquaint ourselves with the gear that's sitting in here that's been literally just sitting in here. I've been yeah. noodling around with it a little bit, but uh, we would uh, get rehearsing again. Um, when the pandemic started and the lockdown started last March, we were, we were starting to rehearse and we already had some pre-production notes and stuff like that and stuff like, like starting to lay down the groundwork for a CD release, which we, we still haven't done. Sure. You know, we were, we we were kind of robbed of that uh, with the pandemic. So, uh, we got the, we, we really got a a, double whammy with this, with this whole CD release. Like we, it was just bad timing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're we're trying to claw our way out of this uh, abyss that uh, no band really wants to find themselves in when they really. release uh, a brand new album, especially a debut album. For sure. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, if if the pandemic were to end right now, we would be getting gangbusters to hurry up and, and get some gigs lined up and and to to try to get the message out there that we're ready to to start touring this album.
0: Cool. Cool. So if someone's hearing this and they're they're hearing about your band for the first time, what's the uh, best way they can find out more? I mean, you know, because it's a podcast, they could hear it uh, next week or they could hear it a year from now. So and by then, hopefully, you know, pandemic's over. You guys are playing shows, maybe you're recording new stuff. What's the best way to kind of keep in touch and find out where you're at?
1: Uh, at this moment I think probably Facebook. Uh we've been using Facebook just uh as a as a social media tool and stuff like that. We uh we have stuff on Bandcamp and Apple yep. Music and Spotify and whatnot. Um we also have physical copies of the album too that are available and we ship worldwide. Cool. Uh, that's not a problem. Um but uh yeah, I think Facebook if like like for, for news blurbs and stuff like that, that'd probably be the best way to go. Uh our YouTube channel has uh just the videos on there really. I haven't posted any like and uh, anything other than, yeah. than the videos that we've been producing here. Um, everything that we have done has been done right here. The, the recording, the artwork, the, the mix down, the mastering, the videos, cool. everything has been done right here in, at Studio Aaron House.
0: And then the physical, I mean, I know stores aren't really open yet either because of the pandemic, but in Manitoba anyway, right? So, I mean, I assume, you. Can, I think I saw it at Sunrise, uh, you know, in the before time. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's out there, right? People can, people can get hold of it.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you visit uh, any of the Winnipeg Sunrise Records, you'll find our album there. Uh, you'll find it at uh, McNally Booksellers at Grant Park. Cool. Uh, you'll find it at Into the Music. And uh, like I said, you can, you can pick up copies by uh, just shooting us a note, uh, you know, and, and I can have it uh, mailed out to you, no problem.
0: Awesome.